The following audio is from the Grove Church Marysville campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. Glad you're here today. My name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors on staff, if I haven't had the privilege of meeting you before. And uh, stoked that you are here today. Um, And I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but I just overwhelmingly have this sense that like just today's a good day. Like I feel like today's a good day for several reasons. I feel like today's a good day because I don't know if any of you experienced God's fireworks show last night at all, but come on, right? I, I love a good thunderstorm like that, and uh, my mom was visiting us. It's also a good day because uh, my mom was here this morning in the first service, and uh, it's the first time she's ever heard me speak live, so she's listening to the videos and stuff. They uh, live in Arizona, but she was up. Um, but she was over last night, and we were watching, and of course, she was a little scared. So if you're a little scared, I, I want to be sensitive a little bit there. Um, but we love it. It's a lot of fun. In fact, my, my son Cole, my boys were already asleep, and um, my son Cole loves it, and we've never really had good I mean, that was one of the best thunderstorms I think I can remember in my lifetime and how long it hung around for. And so my wife was doing something, and um, this is beside the point, but we have chickens. And so she went to put the chickens in the thing. And while she did that, I slipped upstairs and woke up my son Cole and brought him down to watch it. And she came back in and was like, why did you wake him up? Now he's not going to go back to sleep. I may not have won the best dad award, but I, but I said, it's only going to be like 15 minutes. And then it was like an hour and a half. So yeah. <laughs> So I kind of lost on that one a little bit. He's a little cranky today, but it was fun. We had a blast. But today is a good day. Obviously, we said uh, last week, obviously, fall is here. And now here's the thing. I know that some of you are in mourning because summer is coming to an end, okay? And I want to, again, be sensitive to that. I'm also, though, as a pastor called to bring biblical perspective to your life. And my Bible tells me that there's a season for everything. So it's just natural. We're moving from one season to a better season. That's it. Okay. So just deal with it. Move on. Accept it. It's there. All right. Of course, holidays are coming. Uh, I get excited about that um, as well. Of course, we've got our big carnival that we do around Halloween, and uh, uh, that happens on October 31st. If you're a, a parent of, of young kids, I would say come be a part of it. It's a blast. It's a lot of fun. Um, if you're not a parent or not a parent of young kids, I would say come be a part. There's lots that you can do, and it's a blast. We have a lot of fun doing it. Um, but I just love that. And then, of course, right after October 31st, we get into the, the greatest holiday that, that you should all have on your calendars. It's my birthday, November 14th, okay? So, and then right after that is Thanksgiving, and then we get right into Christmas. And so it's a good day. It's also a good day today because, as I see, a lot of you got your blue and green on, okay? So Seahawks' first uh, regular season game today, excited about that. But today is a good day. And we're going to continue in our message series entitled Stop Going to Church. Now, I love all the series that we do, but once in a while, a title for a message series comes along from time to time that I really love. And this is one of them. And the reason I love it is because uh, these are the type of messages, and I'm not making this up, this really happens. Um, There's certain message topics that when we put it on a banner outside in front of our church that you see right out here, we'll get calls from people. And this happens, calls or, or, or messages just going, hey, I'm driving down the street and, and, and I see a banner outside your church that says stop going to church. What gives, right? And, we, and, and I'm telling you, this has happened in the past. There's actually people that belong to our church family. That's the first way they came in is because of a banner like that. Going, I got to check. We had one that was sex, love, and marriage. And people showed up going, what in the world is this church got going on, right? So I love it, right? 
And of course, if you've been here over the course of the last few weeks in, in the installments of this, uh, you know that what we're not saying is that we're not supposed to come to church, right? Obviously, church is a place that we come, that, that we're encouraged. We can encourage one another. We can find community and support, that we can challenge one another to be better. We can learn together. But for centuries, the idea of church is that it's a building or an organization, that if you want to go to church, you go to a place. But the reality of what we know is, is that the church isn't a building anymore, and I want to take you on a theological journey for just a few moments so that you can comprehend the vastness and the deepness of this point. That leading up to the moment that Jesus was crucified and breathed his last breath and said, it is finished, thus paying the ultimate price for sin, which by the way, remember, sin is the thing that separates us from the presence of God. But before that moment, if you wanted the presence of God, it only resided in one place and it was called the Holy of Holies. And it was either in the temple once the nation of Israel was founded and before that, as they were nomadic and traveled all over, they set up the tabernacle, which was a tent. And what this meant is there were different Um, rooms. And you could only go in so far if you were a certain type of person. And then you might be good enough where you could get in a little bit farther to the next room. And then the priests were allowed in the next room. And then there was the Holy of Holies that only the high priest could go into once a year. That's where the presence of God was. But my Bible and your Bible tells you in the gospel accounts in Matthew 27, that when Jesus was crucified on the cross and said, it is finished. It said that the veil, that separation in the temple that separated the presence of God from his people because of sin was torn in two from top to bottom. In essence, why that's such a big deal for you and I is that you and I now can access the presence of God at any time. You don't have to go through a priest. It only is in a certain spot because of the price Jesus paid on the cross. And so we have direct access to him. And so when we say stop going to church, it's because you don't need to come to the house of God. Technically, the building isn't the house of God anymore. I know that's semantics for some of us, but theologically speaking, where do we know that the presence of God in the house of God is? It's us, right? We see the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians six nineteen say, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit and he lives in you? So when we say stop going to church in this message series, yes, you need to come to church. But some of us need to stop just going to church and realize that we are the church. Does that make sense? That's what this means. And so I love message series like this. And we're going to continue. If you've got your Bibles with you, I want you to open them up. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Of course, you can open up that tablet or smartphone um, and follow along there as well. I also want to say something else for just a moment on this stop going to church. We fully understand and realize that each one of us is in a different place in our walk with God, right? And that term was coined a long, long time ago basically to illustrate that as we try to figure out who we are and who he is and who we are in him, it's a journey, right? It's a process of taking some steps. And, and, and I don't know, do I have any hikers in here that you love just to go out and hike, kind of go up the mountains and do different stuff? Okay, you're not my people, but I understand that you exist, okay? Um, but the reality of a hike, this walk, this journey is sometimes if you're, you know, it, sometimes when you're on a hike, you get off the beaten path or, or the trail isn't always smooth, is it? Right? Sometimes it's uphill or downhill and it's, you, you got, you know, root, you know, from trees and you trip over it. Sometimes on a, on, on a hike like that, you fall and hurt yourself or sprain your ankle. Or one time um, in training for football when I was in high school in Enumclaw uh, is a mountain called Mount Peak. Now it's really small. It, sound, it shouldn't really have the word mountain. It should be called Hill Peak or something. I don't know. But we used, to, uh, we used to run up one side that was a road, and then we'd run down the other side. Take about an hour if you were going to run it. It was for training, getting ready for football. But the other side was switchbacks like this, okay? And we were racing down, and I decided in all my brilliance to try to cut down one of those switchbacks. 
What I didn't realize is that moss and all this stuff had covered in pine needles. There was like a sheer face, big rock, and I slipped and scraped up the side of my leg, and it was all bloody. Right? Sometimes when you're on a, on a, on a hike like that, you fall and you, and you make a mistake, right? And, and, and you got to get back up. Right? Sometimes if you're a real avid hiker, you might get off the beaten path and you might be lost for a few minutes or, or for, a, for a little bit more than a few minutes. You got to find your way back. The reason we use that as the idea of our journey with Jesus is because sometimes you and I fall and, and, and we, we make mistakes along the way, don't we? We get little boo-boos and, and we got to have Jesus help pick us back up, right? Does that make sense? Sometimes we get off the beaten path and we wander away and he's got to come and bring us back and remind us where we're supposed to be, right? That's a journey with him and that's what we're talking about. And so what I mean is, When we say stop going to church, some of you, if you're here for the very first time or you're new to church or somebody invited you, this might be that perfect step is that you're coming to church to start to learn. And that's okay and that's good. For some of us, we've been in church for a really long time and we can sit in a seat real well, but it's time for us to get in the game and Jesus is saying, there's more to this. You are the church. I don't know about any of you but I want to ask a question. I'm a little bit of an interactive speaker, so I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in a moment. I'm going to preface this and say it's not a trick question, okay? I'm not going to make you look silly. I just want you to say if this applies to you. Does anybody remember back probably in your childhood somewhere, um, maybe it was uh, you know, in your neighborhood and, and you and a bunch of your neighborhood friends were getting ready to play a game of some kind, maybe it was pick up basketball or football or tag or something like that. Or maybe it was at recess and you're, you're out on the playground and you're, you know, you're doing something. Or maybe it was in PE. But do you remember the moments? I just want you to raise your hand if you remember this, if you know about it or if you ever experienced it. Like to choose teams, like you choose two captains and everybody else lined up in a line and, and they would choose teams. Yeah, okay, so all of us, right? For some of you, that's bringing back some really bad memories, right? I'm not trying to create trauma there, okay? But I remember that when I was younger, I remember moments when I was the last to be picked, I remember that feeling of being last to be picked. In essence, they didn't say the words, but it's basically like saying, you don't have anything worth me picking you to be on my team. Right? There's not a whole lot of worth in you, so we feel unworthy. I also remember what it felt like later in life to be chosen first and how good that felt. Right? Somebody wanted me on their team because they saw value in who I was and what I could bring to whatever goal or mission that thing had. Right? Well, let me use the example since Seahawks are playing today. We use football, Right? Right, did you know that the Seahawks, you may not know this, but they have a game plan for today. They have a game plan based on their opponent, and each team is a little bit different. So they scout their opponent, and they make a game plan, right? And they have a mission that they want to, they've identified their best players, what type of things they run, all that kind of stuff, so that they're ready for it. Which, by the way, is why you hear play-by-play announcers often say, if that thing isn't working by halftime, you got to go in and we'll see how well they can make adjustments to that game plan, because obviously it's not working. In the same way, when, when people are choosing you as you stood in that line for their team, they're recognizing value. Hey, I want her because she's really fast. And if I throw the ball to her, man, nobody's going to be able to catch her. Man, I want him on my team because he's got a cannon of an arm. And, right? and, and so for the game plan of whatever it is you were doing, they choose those things and we feel value. And in the same way, what we're going to jump into here in Ephesians is God developed a game plan for the greatest mission on the face of the planet, and he wants you to be a part of it. The mission, the greatest thing in your life is not how many numbers you have in your bank account. It's not the titles that you have at your job. It's not how many people like you or how many friends you have on social media. The greatest mission that every single one of us are supposed to be a part of is moving the mission of Jesus forward, which is that as many people as possible could come to hear about that saving grace, that work that Jesus provides so that they can have eternal life and relationship with him. And it's not just for pastors, it's for all of us. We've talked about that over the last few weeks. And there's a game plan that God laid out, and we're going to pick that up 
in Ephesians 4. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the church at Ephesus, a church just like ours. Certainly it was unique and had its own little issues and its own little stuff, but it's a church just like ours. And so Paul says this to them, but he also says it to us. He says this in verse 1. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and the craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, um, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, and that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. Let's pray as we dive in. God, we thank you for your word. God, this series has been one that I believe is an awakening, both in the, in the natural and in the spiritual for our church. God, I pray that for each person who is here and hears this message, God, that you would plant a seed in their heart that would take root and produce an incredible fruit like we read in Mark 4.20. God, I pray that as we press into you, we believe that there is a new season that you are taking our church into. And God, that you've called all of us to be in the game with you for the greatest mission that there is on the face of the planet. And so God, we open our hearts to you as always. We say, speak to us, change us. We wanna be different when we leave today than when we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I love this passage of scripture, and I've given you a bulk of it before and a bulk of it after, which is kind of the anchor verses that we're going to spend our time on today, which is verses 11 and 12. But I love this passage because it's an exhortation from Paul to the church at Ephesus and also to us on the ways and how the church should function, right? You see in the very beginning some attributes that we should be known by, extending grace and peace and all of those things. There's also a vivid picture and a reminder that Paul also gives in one of his other epistles in 1 Corinthians, right, that the church is designed to function like our body does, right? It's it's something that you and I can try to wrap our minds around, right? Our body has different pieces to it. We have hands and we have feet and we have eyes and ears and noses, all with different purposes. If we lacked one of those things, it'd be much more difficult. But when they all work together in cohesiveness, they have a purpose. That's what the church is like. Each one of us is gifted in a different way. Some of you are noses, some of you are ears, some of you are eyes, but you have a gift towards the mission of what's happening. We also see that Paul uses imagery, and I don't know if you caught this, but he talks about this process. 
Did you see it? It's a process from infancy to maturity. Right? This idea of going from being infants to being fully mature. And then it's a process that we walk through as individuals, as couples, as families, and as a church. Right? We know that babies, when they're infants, practical human babies, they can't do a lot for themselves, can they? They're completely dependent upon somebody else, but pretty soon they grow. And they begin to be able to feed ourselves. And then we can clothe ourselves. Right? And then we can begin to drive and do different things and get a job and make decisions for ourselves. And pretty soon we reach an age where we move out of our mom and dad's house. Some of you have gone way past the normal age before you've done that, but hey, listen, we're not judging, okay? But it's this idea that also spiritually, church, I want you to catch this, spiritually, we're supposed to move from infants and become more mature in what we do, taking steps on that journey with him as we walk. Does that make sense? And ultimately, we see in verses 11 and 12 is the game plan that God said, this is how I'm going to design the mission to be accomplished. For as many people to come to find the freeing grace from sin is going to be moving this forward, and the way I've designed it is this. And I want to read a different translation to you than I read before. But it says this in verse 11. And it says, he himself, Christ, gave some to be apostles. He gave some to be prophets. He gave some to be evangelists some to be pastors, and some to be teachers for the purpose of equipping the saints, the people of God, for the work of ministry, for the acts of service. And a few weeks ago when I spoke in the Not a, uh, Not a Hostage message series is that some of us have become hostages to reaching our potential and our destiny because we thought that ministry is for somebody else. We just didn't even realize that God would want to use it. Let me be as clear as day. God is standing and you're lined up and he's choosing you and picking you to be on his team. That alone should just change your world forever. I mean, you might like it for me to say, I want you on my team. You might love it for Pastor Nick or Pastor Aaron to say, I want you on my team. But when Jesus says, I'm picking you to be on my team, come on, that's worth. There's something pretty incredible in that. And in that place, we begin to step out and the game plan is he's saying, I put pastors and evangelists and apostles and prophets and teachers, but their job isn't to do the ministry. They never could. They can't accomplish it all. They're only one part of the body. I only have one part, but if this is true that we read in the text, then part of my job is to help you understand that God is choosing you and he's gifted you and he's calling you and he needs you to make that mission become accomplished. He's inviting you on his team. And some of you are saying, because I just want to keep this super simple. If you've been here for the last few weeks, some of you are going, Ryan, okay, got it. We are the church. We don't come to church that we're, we're gifted and we're called and I'm starting to get it here and I'm even starting to get it in my heart and in my spirit, but what do I do with it? How, how, how do I do it? What, 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 where do I go? I'm so glad that you asked that question this morning because I'm going to try to help tell you. If all of us are on a journey with him, it's all about what is that next step. And so we put together a graphic for you. Now, a couple things I want to say before I go too much deeper into this graphic is these are just some of the next steps that you could take. And when I say it's not exhaustive, it just means that it's not every single possible step that you could take in your relationship with Jesus could I get on a graphic and put on there. But these are some practical next steps that you could take in your journey with God towards being on his team and on mission with him to see our city change to see our county change, to see our state change, to see our country change, is what's your right next step? Is it, 
as I was praying for this week and, and this message, and, and it's not just me, the Lord has overwhelmingly began over the last few months, began to, we believe, reveal to us as a leadership, so to Nick and Heather, our lead pastors, to our board, to our pastors and our staff, that there is a new season that we are on the precipice of stepping into as a church body. And I was overwhelmed in my spirit that God is saying, I've got something new and some things are going to start to happen. And there's a breakthrough that's about to take place if you and I are willing to take a step and saying, okay, what does that mean for me, God? What part do I play in this mission? And I want to say something, and we don't often say this. Of course, as pastors, we would love for you to be in church every single week, right? The statistic is, is that we're in the Northwest area of our country is the most unchurched area in our whole country, and on average, people who go to church only go once or twice a month. Of course, I would love for you, and we would love for you to come every single week to be built up, to be encouraged to, for all of those things, and, but we're not a church that hypes this up, and you, I see churches like this where they're like, all right, you guys, you gotta be here next Sunday. Don't miss it, right? And then you come next Sunday, and then the next Monday on social media, oh, that was great. But you can't not miss next Sunday because it's going to be off the hook, right? And then the next Sunday, it's like, oh, we got a big announcement. You're not going to want to miss next Sunday, right? It just becomes hype and white noise. And so we don't do that a lot. And I want to be serious as I say this. Um, we don't say it a lot, but there is something that I feel like I would be amiss as your pastor that if I don't tell you this, I, I, I would be failing and I don't want to be hype but you need to be here next week. <laughs> and I know that sounds funny, but I'm telling you in my spirit, don't miss next week. I'm being serious. And I know right now some of you are going, yeah, there's a 10 a.m. Seahawks game next Sunday. Here's the thing. I got two solutions for you. Number one, DBR, okay? I do it every week. I'm a huge Seahawks fan. It's fine, okay? But if you're one of those super Seahawks fans, you're like, but Ryan, you don't understand. As I'm home yelling through my TV, they hear me. They need me to help them get that false start. I got to watch it live. I still got a solution for you. We have an 8.30 a.m. service, and that's not too early for you to be here. In all seriousness, I do want to say this. The reason I don't want you to not miss next Sunday isn't because I want a large attendance number for that week. I don't want you to miss out on what I believe is the beginning of a new season for our church that as we lean in together, there's going to be real, today's going to be good, next week is going to be great. And there's going to be something that happens, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, and this is what I've sensed this week, and I just read you a few things, this is what I feel like the Spirit has impressed upon me this week, is these are the type of things that are going to happen, I just want you to listen. And I think some of you, you're going to relate to this, and this is what Jesus is asking you to do. Some of you are going to take a step, and you're going to get connected in a group, or you're going to get connected in serving and some incredible things are going to happen. Maybe your next step as you look at that screen is to come to Grove Men this Tuesday night. Some of you are going, man, men's events, I've heard about those before. A bunch of dudes sitting around sharing their feelings, singing Kumbaya. That's not Grove Men, okay? Incredible food, not like, oh man, you know, everybody brought a potluck and how long has that been sitting there and who made that? No, this is really good food and a lot of it. Okay, you come in, you sit at tables, you eat, the food is amazing. We have a short, challenging message of about 15 minutes or so, and then we go. It's about an hour in length. It's not weird, it's not awkward. We have a lot of dudes that said, man, I've come to these, and, and honestly, I'm able to invite my unbelieving friends from work to come with me because I know it's not gonna be weird, but it's powerful. Maybe that's the next step for you. Maybe you're a lady here and you saw that uh, um, advertisement for the Grove Women event coming up on October 
the 11th, the comedy night. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe you've been here for a few weeks and your next step or a few months and you're fairly new and you want to figure out what's going on. Maybe your next step is to come to pizza with the pastors, which we're going to announce here in the next few weeks of when that's coming up and just get to hear what's the vision of the church and where are we going. For some of you, you've been at the Grove Church for a long time and you call this your home church. And maybe your next step is to say, you know what, I want to be all in and, and, and to step into membership and become a member of the church, actively participating and being involved. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe your next step is, is you've raised your hand at some point in time, you've accepted Jesus in your heart, you found salvation, but you need to get baptized. Maybe that's your next step. If that's you, I have good news for you. We have a baptism service coming up in two weeks on September 22nd, right? The only biblical next step to our faith in Jesus is a public declaration. If you've accepted it and you, you've put your salvation in him and you haven't been baptized, I'm telling you, this is your time. This is your day. Come be baptized. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe your next step is to get involved in a life group. I got good news for you. There's startup at the end of this month. There's still time to sign up. Next week, out in the lobby, as you head out into the life group uh, sign-up area on the left-hand side, just before you go into the kids' wing, there's a place where uh, individuals will be that you can ask questions about life groups, see what's available. Aaron, Pastor Aaron and his team will follow up with you to find the right fit for you. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe you're a mom of preschoolers, and you've heard about this mops thing. Maybe that's your next step getting involved, getting plugged in. I've heard incredible things about moms and mops and the experience that they have. If you've got questions on that, you can actually leave today in the lobby, head to the hub. Vanessa and some of her team that are leading mops are there to answer your questions. doesn't mean that you're signing up when you go there, but just go ask about it. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe your next step is serving and getting involved. And man, I can give an hour a month. I can give a, a, a couple hours a month and come and be a part of the parking team or the usher team. Or man, I love kids. I'll hold babies in the nursery. Or man, I love elementary age kids. I'd love to go have a blast with them. Or man, I, I, I was a part of a youth ministry and what an impact that had on me. And maybe I need to get involved in our student ministries and talk with Joy and Jesse Dinius, our, our student pastors. What's your next step? Maybe your next step is the Bible reading plan. Spending regular rhythms of time in the word and in devotions and in prayer with God. See, some of these things are one-time events that take place. Others are regular rhythms that continue to go that we develop that are always happening. And here's the truth. I get it. Every one of us is at a different place in our walk with him. Some of you may look at that and go, I don't have any of those boxes checked off. That's okay. Pray and ask, what's my next step? Some of you might look at that like, I've done all of those. Here's the real fun part. Here's the truth. That journey and that step never ends until the moment you and I stand face to face with Jesus. And if you got a lot of those things checked off, here's where it gets fun. You get to start to help other people take steps and go on them with the journey. You may like to walk alone, but dude, walking with other people is a lot more fun. Going on a hike with more people is a lot more fun. Maybe your next step is to start financially supporting the mission of God through giving and through tithing. I simply want to close with this. I truly believe in this new season as you begin to take steps and say, God, what's my next step in my journey with you? As we begin to do that, we're going to experience God in some incredible ways over the next few days, weeks, and months as we press into this new season. I'm going to ask you a question. This is rhetorical, so just do it in your heart and in your mind. Do you want to find, walk in, the best possible life that you can have? I think most of us would answer yes. We want the best possible life for us. As your pastor, one of them, I will tell you that that best possible life is in the purpose and the calling that Jesus has for you. That's your best possible life. And as you take these steps, I promise God will meet you and he'll be alone with you. 
and he'll be real to you. More than just somebody saying something to you, but you'll sense it, you'll hear it, you'll know that he's real, and he'll guide you. Here's the things that came to mind this week as I prayed and then I'm done. Is that there will be individuals, and your next step is to connect it in a group or in serving, and you're going to have to find the time to do it. It might be uncomfortable, but here's the thing. What's going to end up happening is that loneliness and that isolation that you felt is going to change and it's going to be replaced with community. That wall that you feel like you have to keep up and you don't want to get plugged in because if you get plugged in, people are going to see past the surface to the real you and you're scared they're going to reject you. What you're going to find is embracing love from people in a family regardless of what your past is because guess what? We all have a past. Some of you are going to take a step and learn to trust God even in the midst of your circumstance, the overwhelmingness that seems impossible, and what you're going to find is God show up, and you're going to find a peace that you've never experienced before because you're going to realize he's the one in control. You're not really in control anyways. And when you understand he's in control, he's bigger than anything that you're facing. And all of a sudden, this peace comes when you begin to trust. For some of you, you're going to take a step, a step and become generous and give financially to support the mission of God. And you're going to see the season that you've been living in. Maybe it's weeks, months, or maybe it's been years of living paycheck to paycheck. And as you take that step, you're going to see that thing broken. And you're going to see God move in a new way. Why? Because tithing and generosity really isn't an issue of our money. It's an issue of our hearts. Where we say this often is that the work of God has always been provided for by the people of God. And as you join in that mission with him, things begin to change. For some, as you take a step to confess your sins before God, he wants to remind you that he will be faithful and just to forgive you, and you will find that the addictions and the things that you've been battling and can't seem to get past, all of a sudden you're going to see freedom come in those areas as you and I begin to take steps and to trust him in our journey with him. The reminders are simply this, that in his game plan, he's choosing you to be a part of his team because of the value and the purpose that you bring to it. He's picked you to be a part of it that his mission can't be accomplished without you. If it's left to me or pastors, it will never come to fruition. And so I ask the question, what's your next step? This week, I just simply want you to pray as an individual, as a couple, and as a family of what your next step is on your journey with him as you continue to become mature in your faith. This week was good, but next week is gonna be great as we all lean into this new season together and we have the opportunity to respond to that amen let me pray for you god we thank you for your word god we thank you that you've chosen to allow us to be on mission with you god that you're picking each one of us to be a part of your team that's your game plan is that you've called some to be in positions that really ultimately are to equip your people all of us to do the work of the ministry the, the acts of service to see our community changed, that there are individuals right now that are hopeless in our community because they haven't heard that there's a Jesus who saves, that their sins can be forgiven. And God, each one of us are ambassadors as we leave here. God, to take that light, to be salt where we go. And so we open ourselves up. God, we ask this week that you would speak to us. What's our next step? Whether today is our first day in church or we've been in church for decades, we all have a next step. And God, we believe that as we lean into you, God, we're going to experience some incredible things in the days ahead. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Marysville Sermon Podcast. If you wanna keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.